Hey guys, how's it going? My name's Clayton Ferry and welcome to the VS Energy BMS podcast. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different than our previous ones because this one we had a guest Fabio Bandana on and this was a pre-recorded podcast episode. So we recorded this conversation many weeks ago, but we wanted to get through some of the uh, previous episodes before uploading this one. So here we are. This is going to be starting differently as well because I'm essentially going to plop you right into the conversation. We didn't start this one our standard introduction ways. We gave some background about each other and really started the discussion on why it's valuable to have quality individuals and quality team members on site to make a project successful. So with that being said, let me drop you right into the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. It's a great conversation and hope you learned something from this. So let's get started. Well, that's very true. Talent, uh, work ethic, personal ethics, all those things go into really making it a, a successful employee or successful individual. And Clayton has the, and Fabio, you as well, and most entrepreneurs have those attributes and that's what helps make them successful. And that plus a real dedication to making projects successful. And that takes the extra effort, the extra attention that you Fabio show all the time. I mean, especially as we go through this airport project, you were the instrumental engine in driving big portions of that project across the success finish line that uh, the project undoubtedly wouldn't have been as successful without you. Yeah. And there was a, a lot of aspects to that too. And it seems like Fabio just about lived there at the airport for a whole year, probably. Right. <laughs> well, it was a little bit more than that because uh, you, before we got to the, to the airport, there was a, there was a, you know, a backstory, you know, how they say that, Oh my God, you know, this guy went, you know, from zero to nothing, <laughs> but <laughs> there's many, there's many, many things that happened, many episodes, you know, behind that. And certainly was for that, for the airport, trying to, before, you know, bidding, you know, the big packages, big documents went out, you know, try to manage the budget, try to manage the, the design and the engineering to align with it. And also with the design guidelines and all the requirements that needed and also things that were happening or that were to happen along the way before the project uh, was uh, completed. So those are things that, you know, you keep in the back of your mind and you you juggle things in a way, in a responsible way. But, you know, I mean, you have to have the experience to, to, to be able to do that yeah. and not lose it, <laughs> you know, with all the, all the parts moving and all the personalities and, you know, but I think it was a, it's, it's a great success story. I mean, definitely you know, on the, on, on the part of the, you know, the BMS and all the integration that we did, all the, all the, you know, from the part of, of, of energy management, I think. Yeah. And, and other systems, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we were, we were very, it, it was very, it is very impressive what we did. Well, there, there was a lot of creativity on the part of the airport and there were so many components put together and put in place to enable the high level integrations that took place. It was really a very, very forward thinking and out of the box thinking project. And uh, I know there were several awards that the, uh, the airport received for the project in totality. 
not just the BMS and not just the, you know, the parts we'll talk about here, but that it was a very, very innovative project and on many levels. And Fabio, we know you were a, a integral player and a key driver in, in many of those uh, areas. It's it, yes. We, so we got 11 awards total uh, at different levels. And so it, it, I mean, 11, it's very rare to see a project that wins that many awards. And the reason why we did is because we had a great, great talent, a great team. You know, we came, we came together very fast, and and the 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 environment for that team was was definitely the airport was you know um, great client, and there is nothing better than a client that knows what they want. You know, they might not know all the details or how to get there, and that's why you know they hire people like us. Uh, to help them, you know, cross the finish line. But um, definitely, you know, they had a very definite path uh, to follow, sort of like pre-instructions. And then, you know, we took that, we took that very seriously, very responsibly. And we, we innovate. I mean, it, it's, it, it's really amazing what we did as a team. Yeah, definitely. So Fabio, with uh that being said, can you speak a little bit about like the project inception then? Where did it, where did it all start and how did it start? Yes, it was a not, it was, it was a not great because, you know, all, you know, all these airports in the, in, in, in this part of the country were, I mean, the last, the last time that they saw any, any sort of improvement was, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And so um, he needed desperate um, um, attention from all kinds of, uh, angles, you know, from from security, from circulation, as you know, airports are are similar to hospitals that they are built, but the necessities of of this of this uh, infrastructure it grows through the years. So imagine how many changes or how many things were were built onto this original building um, in in twenty twenty five years, thirty years. So uh, the government put put out a competition. And you know, ROC immediately jumped to the uh, to that opportunity, and um, you know, it gathered you know a, a, a group of company of you know, of course, to you know, to help them out. And we were actually the first one that won out of I think there was eleven um, eleven entries, and so they were very impressed with what you know, with all the goals that we set for ourselves for ourselves. Definitely, you know, lifting the bar beyond uh, beyond expectation, and so it was a very it was a out of all the airports. I mean, you, and that includes Syracuse, that includes um, you know Buffalo, which are you know a little bit bigger uh, airports than 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 ourselves, or, or maybe similar, but but definitely it was it was by far the the, the best proposal, and you know we had by far the best uh, results. What did the proposal look like is you know a bunch of renderings uh big word document packets i mean what like how do you propose for a project like this it was very uh, descriptional we did we did some renderings and it was very it was very organized um you know as far as you know the the the, the areas and the buildings that were, were going to be touched and it was it was a it was a very complete concept approach and the 
the the concept was a, a free barrier uh, it, it, you know it it was to 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 create a free barrier airport that means that you take a person anywhere in the airport you put that person and that person will circulate through the airport with the least minimum sort of impediments you know either to find the gates or to find an exit or to find just anything in in the airport and part of that proposal was to do it through color and you know the reason was because you know rochester is is home to the uh, rochester institute for the deaf and you know so per capita you get out of deaf people going through the airport and you know that was a sector of the of the community that that needed attention so we thought that is you know you know being local and and uh, elevating the you know that kind of uh, those kinds of people and help them out you know to get around and so that that was the, the you know the, the concept for you know this whole airport and you know in order to in order to get to that the whole infrastructure had to be rethought and 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 that's what we did yeah definitely and and you can tell throughout you know my time on the project as well the like you said the airport they knew what they wanted they knew, you know, they had the vision for what, how they wanted the airport to look and feel at the end of the project. And we were able to, to use that to our advantage to make it a successful project. So, yeah. So Mark, do you want to dive into a little bit about VS Energy's involvement with the project? Fabio covered a lot of his time on it. We uh, participated on a scope development for the application specifically including integration uh, data analytics using an energy dashboard upgraded controls that to add to what fabio said the facility was in excess of 35 years old and it had had minimal upgrades and that includes to the mechanical and HVAC and energy distribution and air distribution systems over that time period. So not only were there obsolete technologies in place, but there were also items that for without planning and providing the opportunity, they had been either drywalled in or hadn't been serviced for 20 years because of uh, their, their inaccessible locations. So we participated by helping write portions of the application which were relevant to uh, what our typical scopes of work are and then as the project developed uh, more and more needs became evident for specific technologies that we have some expertise in and through uh, the prime consultant in the airport we were asked to help bring those technologies forward and into fruition through uh, prototyping and actual development of final systems that included you know some pretty large-scale network upgrades as well as some some uh, lighting integration and other hvac technologies yeah and taking a step back the the, to your point of you know old technology and drywalled over things uh, there's there was just so much that added on scabbed on i mean there were multiple different types of control systems old pneumatic DDC, a lot of stuff in there. So it definitely was time for a systematic upgrade for sure. So what made this project unique? You know, we did a 
as a as a team as the airport a lot of of different unique aspects to this that I have never seen implemented you know anywhere in an airport or you know many places for that matter uh, I think the most unique one was the dynamic holdroom lighting portion of it what are you guys thoughts about that stuff well that was a I- interesting development because it, it, it was in concept in we would like to have uh, colored lights to help as fabio detailed hearing impaired and deaf individuals understand travel and, and notification as to what exactly is transpiring in the hold room based on what's happening in the flight schedule whether a flight is arriving departing boarding uh, whether there are pages going on, et cetera. And that was as much detail as the concept really had when when it was put on our plate. That was absolutely unique. The use of the ComNet system via integration was also extremely unique. ComNet uh, provides an integrated paging and flight information display system software that provides messaging to all of the displays throughout the airport uh, defining what flights are arriving when everyone's familiar with a a FIDS display that you walk up to and find out what gate your flight is departing from etc and where to go but as part of that same software the paging uh, occurs either on a, a local regional meaning east or west concourse or uh, entire airport basis. And then along with that, we needed to knit in the demand control ventilation in the hold room so that less ventilation air would be provided in periods of uh, unoccupied, uh, in, in unoccupied periods to reduce energy consumption. And then the chiller plant obviously uh, was completely upgraded from a pumped primary secondary system with diluted primary chilled water temperature and really only a single operational chiller by the time we uh, we began the actual upgrade to four chillers and basically 100% redundancy. And then the canopy lighting, which was in and of itself a, a huge project that um, the canopy and the canopy lighting was a, a huge project. Yeah, that was a that was quite the undertaking. All of it was very impressive. Um, you know, just for the listeners, the the hold room lighting, I feel like, is something that's, that's pretty hard to visualize. Obviously, people have been through an airport and they know what a, a hold room is. And these are pretty basic ones, I would say. Just your standard, it's just a rectangle that can fit, I don't know, what, 100 people? Yeah, 80 people approximately. Yeah, so, you know, all of the overhead lights would they change color to tell you what's going on. And I, that was just, it, it's, you got to be there to, to feel it for how impressive I think something like that is. Well, but. they change color and provide a simulation of motion by, uh, in order to direct either the attention or the traffic of the people in the hold room. So when the, uh, for instance, the boarding, the boarding messages provided by the FIDS, the lights actually travel along the perimeter of the hold room towards uh, and actually right up to the doorway leading to the uh, 
to the jetway so that if someone is reading a book or has earbuds in, they look up and the lights are moving in a wave towards the jetway with a green light, they, it's time to get up and get ready to board the airplane. And there's a informational video that plays in the hold rooms periodically that describes what each lighting sequence actually does or is, is indicative of. Yeah. And that was quite the process picking what those colors, how, how they moved and what they looked like. I mean, we spent many, many hours in that hold room tweaking and tuning the feel of the lights and the, the color of the lights. And, you know, me, you and Fabio have been there <laughs> <laughs> too many times just tweaking ever so slightly the green or the blue, you know, and it was that yeah, that was there was a lot to that. It was a great it was a great process, guys. I, you know, I think that. The uniqueness, of course, you know, you, you look up at ROC, it's just a very airport today, you know, beyond recognition. And, you know, that's not just me saying it. I, you know, for the past, since we finished the project, I've been commuting to New York City. So I've been to that airport many, many, many times. And uh, you can't help but, you know, hear, hear the, the, the comments from, from, from passengers. Oh, you know, this looks great. And, and, and the success the success story about about the lighting system is just you know it's just quite amazing the the fits you know the flight um information this system and the way that we were able to get that system to talk to other systems i think that is the real the real success here and you know very impressive because it hasn't been done anywhere in the world i mean i have presented the project in in many, uh, you know, symposiums, you know, to the FAA, DOT, um, you know, in, in various places. And everybody's quite impressed because, you know, something that was right there, nobody thought about, you know, about, you know, integrating. And it's not only about, you know, the, you know, the lights. I mean, that's a great thing, you know, the, 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 the color code and the cues that we have to, uh, you know, to the all the information that it fits you know when the plane is there when it's not there when if it is late if it has taken off if it is if it is boarding all those things have a, a you know a specific cue and that is great so that is very utilitarian but you know if you go beyond that we were able to culminate that opportunity to the maximum by saving energy and i think that this is you know for 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 any airport or you know hospital that's a great thing to have because it is it is not necessary to have you know the lights you know at a you know at a certain levels at all the time and so if the fit says hey there's no plane in the you know in the gate lower down your you know the lights and you know and and the system does that then that's a, that's a great thing and then the other thing is that you know you have the play this flight information display system you know the fits talking to the lights, talking to the hearing, um, uh, the hearing loops, talking to the PA system, talking to the HV system. I mean, it's, it's sort of like a, you know, a, you know, a candy store for, you know, for edit, you know, for, for, for a BMS or, or, or a, a, you know, for the implementation of, of a BMS of, you know, of a, of a, you know, energy management system, if you will. 
Oh, that's correct. And, and, and it's interesting because the concepts that were put out in the application were very high level concepts. And when the project was final, when, when we were notified that, oh, by the way, uh, you're getting the full grant, there was a little bit of a holy mackerel moment when we all realized now we need to build this. And to get to the point where we could integrate ComNet with the hold rooms, with the controls, with the uh, uh, hearing loops, there was an enormous amount of work that needed to be done, even, even going as far as the complete design and installation of the new network infrastructure, which included you know, fiber backbone to uh, all of the uh, gate hold rooms, all of the major data hubs inside the airport, all the way to the BMS, all the way over to the um, MRC building, so that all of that integration could occur using servers in a secure environment off-site, uh, away from the airport proper. So just each piece took a significant amount of engineering as one of the building blocks in making the whole integration come together. Yeah, you know, that's a great point, Mark. Um, and again, for the listeners, this the, it's impressive to me how little inter communication there was prior to this project at the airport a lot of systems you know worked in their own little world and they didn't stretch throughout the whole airport and granted the airports it's a huge footprint so to be able to do that's quite an undertaking in its own but you know each system kind of had its own little uh front end in its own spot and it only talked to only what it needed to and there was no just interconnection between the concourses, uh, the main part of the airport, uh, off-site facilities where servers were stored. And that was that was impressive. And you're right, that network inter infrastructure that was required to do that so all of this could happen was uh, yeah, a key part to this. And just going to the network infrastructure again, at the time we, VS Energy, engineered the new network infrastructure we thought we're building in so much excess capacity, it, it, it will never all be utilized. And even by the end of the project, uh, we were already using big chunks of that network as newly developed projects came online, you know, including the integration of the canopy lighting, the integration of the uh, strong museum of play centers, uh, needed network capacity. So even as soon as that, that system was installed, which was early on in the project, people began to integrate over the fiber network that was installed. Oh, yeah. And it, it was impressive how many people were able to to identify and find those fibers that could be used. You know, oh, it looks like there's a fiber going from here to here. Can we just get on that and use it instead of having to pull new stuff? Or yeah, they they filled up pretty quick, and uh, I think that was a critical part to be able to do it. To know you can finally get from point A to point B, practically anywhere in the airport for communications. There was pretty much nowhere that I remember that we couldn't no. get to or talk to if we wanted to put any kind of technology in place you know and it was in the end very well very well documented and literally if you had some patch cables or or fiber patch cords in your back pocket you could get just about anywhere in very short order 
Yeah, that that practically was was happening right. at the airport. It was it was tough to keep track of how fast things were getting built onto uh, that new network. <laughs> that that in itself was a big was a big accomplishment because uh, I remember that we, you know when we started and we you know we were doing the checkpoint for example, and it's like hey you know there's a bunch of cables that you know we don't know where they go, <laughs> and it was. It was a, it was a, it was a spaghetti, but, but imagine, I mean, you know, over, you know, 20, 30 years, right. You know, the people, they just go and they put a pipe and they put this and they, nobody, nobody documents, documents it because, you know, they're in a, in a rush. So we were, we were able to go there and, and, and make sense, you know, out of it, um, you know, and, it, you know, put a, a new backbone that like Mark said, it was, you know, very well doc documented. And so today you're, able to see you know what capacity you have what you're running and 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 so you know we're it's sort of like you know we were offline and we're back online <laughs> it, it, it was great and and let's not forget um you know one of the, the 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 unique things that we did as well was the uh the rock view i don't know if you want to talk about that sure one. well yeah i think we should um, absolutely rock view was a concept that was developed by uh, internal to the Rochester airport where they said one of the most innovative elements was the idea that from anywhere in the airport, you could see the gate or gates from which you were departing or someone was arriving from using either a stationary fixed tablet mounted inside the food court or uh, via your telephone be able to use um, the Rochester public Wi-Fi, log on and look at the gates to be able to determine if it was time to board or someone was boarding, or uh, if your you know, mother is arriving on a flight that it's time to go and pick her up at the, uh, at the airport, you could, you could be able to uh, identify you know, exactly what was happening in the airport. In addition, it has all of the food menus of the food vendors, has games for kids, and it also has maps of the airport that show you where all the amenities are, including the hearing loops, which are in every concourse and food court, and also person-to-person -person deaf and hearing assistance and all of the vendors. So it's a highly interactive, uh, available on your cell phone and on the tablets, but that was also uh, integrated with the FIDS. So now as you arrive at the airport, you can look at your actual flight information system sorted by uh, departure time, sorted by destination, airlines, etc., right from your cell phone before you even get in the airport door. Very innovative, especially the portion with the gate cameras allowing passengers and uh, uh, loved ones that are picking up someone from a flight to determine uh, exactly what's happening at the gate. Yeah, I think that portion uh, really impressed a lot of people. I remember you going through showing, starting to show people how the, uh, the Rockview app works and you open up your smartphone, click on this and you're good to go. And then like, you can see your hold room pull up the camera to it and people are just amazed that on your cell phone when you're inside the airport you can see what's going on in the holding room you need to be at so you can be sitting at the 
bar drinking a beer and not have to worry about, oh man, it's, you know, I got to get there 40 minutes early so I can see when people start to line up that I know it's time to board or anything. You, you had that on your phone ready to go. It, it, and there were several challenges with that. The biggest one being able to get it on a phone without putting it out on the public internet and making it secure so that persons off the airport property would not be able to view travelers at the airport. That was a big concern. And um, we addressed that, you know, with uh, the vendors and the um, network folks to be able to firewall that away and, and secure it. So there's no way to uh, look at that information off site, off the airport property. Right. One of, one of the, the, the things that, uh, the, that is very innovative about this is, of course, you know, the, the, the integration with the cameras, right? And that, you know, in, in the airport, you know, jargon, uh, when people go, you know, they, they check in and they run to the gates and they stay at the gates for fear of, you know, being left. And so gate hugging, you know, <clears throat> in airports, not only in this airport, but in every airport, it's always been a problem. The more gate hugging that you have, the less revenue because people are not, you know, uh, spending money in, you know, restaurants, bars, or shopping or whatever, uh, whatever amenities you have, you have in the uh, in the uh, in the airport. The other thing is gate hugging is a direct result of uh, airport stress. If you if you are with the stress that you're gonna be left over, you 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 want to run to your gate as soon as possible. So you know, rock view. It's a system that allows you not not only the airport to have you know more revenues, but also it eases that stress. It, it gives the passenger more comfort that you know you can look at the gate. You can be you can be checking in. Um, you know you can be at the at the at the check-in booth and and look at your gate. It says, oh yeah, well you know I have you know my my flight is not boarding so that gives you peace of mind, you know? So it has all, you know, all kinds of, of, of benefits. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really state-of-the-art uh, technology. Again, you know, something that has never been done. I mean, I, I went to, um, you know, I show this, um, this system to uh, some people at, you know, LaGuardia uh, and also JFK, and they were very, very impressed, um, you know, about, about the system. You know, so it's it's um, you know it, it's a it's a great system to have, you know, for so many reasons. It's a great system to have in a, in an airport. Yeah, I'll tell you what. When I fly into LaGuardia, I'm a gate hugger. <laughs> well, you know, it is it is it is very interesting too that you know I mean a gate. You know, a, a gate hold room, uh, you know, has a capacity, like Mark, Mark was saying, you know, 80 people, 60 people, 100 people, you know. And so in, in, in that gate, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's not exclusive to your flight. Because, right. Because, you know, maybe half before there is another flight. And so sometimes people don't have, you know, uh, you know where to sit. And um, it, it, it becomes, you know, crowded. And Rockview is one of those systems that it's, you know, it manages, you know, uh, you know, people going in and out of that, you know, of that gate. So it's, it's really, really a wonderful thing to have. 
Yeah. And I noticed, you know, if you have two different, two hold rooms that are across from each other and, and you get a, a whole boatload of people crowded in, it kind of makes a bottleneck for the the people that are just passing by as well. And it just slows everything down in, in its entirety. So it makes sense being able to kind of calm people down and say, you don't need to be sitting here waiting for your flight two hours in advance because nobody, you know, whatever, you know, go have a beer and relax. And, uh, it makes the traffic of the, the flow of the whole airport probably go a lot smoother and generates revenue. Yeah. Like you said, people are buying things and eating and relaxing somewhere yeah. else. I'm a gate hugger no matter where I go. <laughs> it's tough to not be. I get that not instant stress. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting though, because, you know, let, let, let's be real here. Uh, you know, ROC is that, uh, you know, it's not a big airport, you know, it's just 22 gates. Yeah, I, I could throw a rock oh. to the end of the hold room. <laughs> exactly. But we have shown, you know, something that, that you know, you know, a story has a very good punchline. Imagine you, you know, in, 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 in bigger airports like, you know, Heathrow, for example, that is a maze to go through, or, you know, Dubai International, or, you know, Qatar, or um, just, you know, any of, of, of you know, um, you know, Rome, a system like this will have so, so many benefits, you know, for, for, for the people, even, for, you know, as soon as the, your, your, your airplane uh, lands, you can log on to your, to your, to your rock view and you can see your gate immediately, you know, and a lot of people, they go there and they're, you know, they come in, they go out of their gate and they don't know where to go. And then this thing is a, you know, it's a wayfinding, you know, it's, you know, you can look at your gate. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. You don't, you know, to even take it a step further, just thinking about it, it, it even reduces traffic um, in like at the, on the airport premise. I can only imagine the amount of people that loop through, sit and wait for somebody to get off a flight that has no idea, you know, did they get off? Did it land on time? What's going on? And all the traffic out there can be mitigated too, especially at the airport rock. You can see when somebody, you know, when your mom or your grandma gets off the flight and then you go and pick them up or what have you, and you're not piling in front, waiting, getting beeped at, just causing traffic there too. So it reduces it in a lot of places. Absolutely. You know, when, when we were uh, almost finished uh, or we were finished with the project, uh, my in-laws came to visit. And so they asked me, oh, you know, how is the project going? I, you know, so I was explaining to them and I said, oh, you know, that we have this new system. It's called RugView. And, you know, you can, you can go to the airport and make sure that, you know, you know, grandma comes out of the gate or grandma leaves and make sure that she, you know, she left. And then my grandma, my, my mother-in-law turns around and she says, Fabio Bendana, you did that on purpose. You wanted to make sure that I was going to get on that plane and leave. <laughs> You watch them get on. Make sure they're not yeah lurking around somewhere. <laughs> make sure they're not yeah. circling back. Right? That's yeah. funny. Oh, that is funny. Cool. So I, I I know we're late in the game here, but I I would like to circle back and just talk about the team once more, especially uh, Fabio, Clayton, myself, and a few other members of the team. Uh, you know the now deputy director of the airport, Bill Johnston. I've been in this business for a long, long time. And one of the things that I think is, is really uh, relevant here 
is the amount of time that each of the key players uh, were actually on site looking, seeing, observing, identifying issues, resolving issues uh, in this kind of project, especially fast track. Essentially, we, we can call it design, bid, build, but it was very much canted towards being a design build project. Um, my opinion is that there is no substitute for boots on the ground, eyes on the project, and uh, picking up the, the project and putting solutions in place immediately without having the critical team members there on site where in, we need an emergency meeting at 11 o'clock and everybody goes in the conference room and we hash out the problems this project would not have gotten done. So, you know, my message to especially young engineers and engineers that are involved on the, these kinds of projects that are fast tracked and complicated is to don't be bashful, go to the job site, go to the problem, identify the solutions and put them in place. Um, requesting time and we need more time and information to study the issue. There's no substitute for eyes and ears on the job very smart guy told me he said you don't have to have the highest iq but in general the smartest guy in the room is the one who has seen the problem firsthand so that's my opinion and message for today yeah and you know that's a a really great takeaway for this project and and many of the others that are successes i mean there has been so much especially on this project that is nearly incomprehensible when you look at it on a piece of paper in an office somewhere you got you have to go look at it because even sometimes the the things that were were quote unquote documented were completely meaningless because things changed over the 20 years that uh you know stuff is installed for network wise and anything wise just stuff changes and to go get your eyes on it is easiest and best thing to do for sure absolutely i'm, I'm completely in agreement uh, you know putting into perspective you know so so people you know so the audience understands we had uh 24 months and that was the um that was the schedule for the project and it was on multiple and we had 79 million dollars um you know worth of design um, and construction and so if you you know, one of the biggest challenge was 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 you know releasing you know bid documents um, so that we had enough time uh, for construction. Um, and I mean, as you know, you know construction takes a definite you know amount of time to be completed. You know, you can't. I mean, you know, when you when you pour concrete, you know, um, it has to have a certain time. Even though you you can put accelerators there to cure faster but you know there is a there is a definite time that you need um and so those, those are things that that um that limit uh you know your construction and your timing so we had 79 million dollars to construct to design and construct in 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 um in in 24 months and with you know a very very complex concept um and to be able to do that and you know the only way like mark said was to be there um you know to leave it uh to you know to be there to pay attention to all the details and actually make decisions there and then 
um, you know, along with the client, you know, with the engineering team, with the architects. And so it was, it was something um, that I have never seen, you know, in my 20 years of experience. Um, I've never seen such a timeline and the success that we have, that's, you know, it's, you know, something to say about that. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. So with all that being said, um, we're, we're probably getting to our, our time limit a little bit here. Any kind of, you know, final thoughts regarding this that we want to leave the audience with? Some of the things like we can get into more details in the future about the actual integration system design and, and how that actually works. But I think right now we've set the stage for that by talking about the magnitude, the complexity. Uh, and as Fabio said, $79 million. Well, that's not a big project. And actually, if you were building a new building for $79 million, it would, that would be a difficult challenge to do in two years. But this was within an existing building where you were modifying construction for from 30 or 40 years ago that, as Clayton said, may or may not have been documented correctly. So, uh, you know, this was not a uh, clean sheet of paper. This was a sheet of paper that had some maybe errors in it, maybe oversights, maybe uh, some design latitude and all needed to be verified before we could start connecting, disconnecting, and rebuilding. All the nonetheless, well, the airport was in full operation, too. Exactly. That's a, that's, that's a that's key right. point right there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> beaching to it, Fabio. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of one of the, the bones that we had to juggle is that, you know, it was 100% at all times. It was 100%, um, yeah. uh, you know. So it was it was not a right. it was not a sheet of paper that had um, you know errors or, or or you know it was it was a sheet of paper that was moving it, it was alive yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and it, it was it was jumping so you know it was uh, it was very um, you know and I mean we did you know major um, you know upgrades you know from you know the infrastructure um, and I'm not only you know I mean the backbone and and you know there was no downtime. You know, with the lighting, with the you know the, the, the fire system, uh, you know, with the structural system. I mean, we orchestrated this thing. I mean, it was a perfect orchestra. I mean, we should we should have actually you know an award for that. Maybe we can compete with with the New York Symphony or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's see. The airport is is operating, but let's move the checkpoint physically in its entirety, uh, yeah. 400 feet. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not a, a small undertaking. Same with the heating and cooling. I mean, we were doing that, you know, right before summer, there was a lot going on when we had to keep the airport, you know, conditioned properly and the light had to stay on right. and everything. I mean, yeah. you're working in an airport and you're putting a whole new network infrastructure and the, there's a lot of communication that has to happen for flights to happen that you can't mess Absolutely. up. So, you know, with, with that being said, that that is the Greater Rochester International Airport BACnet success story. And uh, we appreciate the listeners for tuning in. And our next episode, we will be discussing BMS instrumentation quality. So stay tuned for that episode. I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. And thanks for bearing with us with the pre-recorded podcast. So hope you guys liked it. It was a conversation we wanted to keep and we wanted to get out to you guys and that was just a given opportunity that we had. So 
Hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for the next one. Thanks a lot. Bye.